sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down on and gave praise to the Lord, saying, Certainly he is good. Certainly his faithfulness is everlasting. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory.
running for about 3 to 4.30. I was up and interceding for this service. And I wrote some of my prayer down and I want to read it and I want to release it over you today. I want you to know this wasn't just my prayer. This was what the Holy Spirit was speaking over us. Before you ever got here, Holy Father, I pray you do things today that will amaze and captivate the hearts and minds of people while simultaneously bamboozling and bewildering your spiritual foe. May your holy fire fall and your new wine flow. I'm going to say that again. May your holy fire fall and your new wine flow. Renew, invigorate, reinvigorate, refresh, sanctify anew. Bring us back to our first love because we are your church. Save the lost. I wish I could get about 10 born again, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish I could get those kind of people right now to remember that's what we're here for primarily is to see the salvation of the lost. Save the lost. Somebody just lift your voice and say, God, save the lost. Draw them to your heart. Not draw them to you because of a holy fear, but draw them to your heart because they come to a realization of your love for them. Let us experience greater degrees of your love and your glory in Jesus' name. We will give you honor, glory, and praise. Let the cloud of your glory fall upon our worship. Let the cloud of your glory fall on our worship. Let people see the tangible presence of God and change us from glory to glory. Speak to us and speak through us. Radically transform those bound by darkness and sin. Bless us with your manifest presence. Set our hearts on fire. I wonder if I got anybody in this room that'll throw your hands up to heaven and say that to God today. God set our hearts on fire like never before to a degree of never before to a level of passion like never before. God set our hearts on fire.
here's the concluding words to this prayer. In the presence of your pure holiness, drive us to our knees and on our faces. We desperately, we desperately need you. Somebody give him a praise in this room.
to move when we say we're here for you. Come on, do what you want to do. This is a move. This is a move. Glory to God. Do what you want to do. stand afar off don't say that's good for them but that's not for me because I've hidden so well the baggage I carry I've hidden so well the garbage in my life my mask is good and you don't see what I see and what I know he sees so I cannot approach that fire don't say that says the Lord you run to me. You run to my purifying fire because my fire at this time is not to judge you. It is to purify you. It is to cleanse you. You've been fighting a battle trying to get yourself clean, trying to get yourself pure on your own and you have worn yourself out. Run into my fire. Run to the fire this morning. Run to the fire. I'll burn it off. I'll burn it off. Run to me. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Father. Come on, does anybody need to respond to that word? You know, if you need to run up to this altar, please do. No one's going to judge you. If they do, I hope they run up right behind you. But <laughs> you can run right where you are. It's a heart posture. Turn it over to him and invite his fiery love, his first love fire, to just burn away the impurities today and to start something new in you, a spark that will blaze into a full-on conflagration that will take your world by storm. Hallelujah. Do it, Lord.
you've been looking, but this is the truth. those in this room, those watching live or archive, I want that first love fire. This country needs the body of Christ to step up and say, God, pour out on me that first love fire. My brother Tim Sessoms came up to me a moment ago. Pastor Michael preached last week. It's coming to your house. And one of the things was that, that new wine. Tim reminded me, the scripture says that you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. You can't have new trying to keep hanging on to the old. Now, Aubrey Malfers wrote a book back in the 90s that was entitled Pour New Wine into old wineskins. And if you know, the wineskins kind of like that bag you see them on the old movies and stuff. And if they poured new wine into that thing, if it was old and if it was hard, it become parched. And the wine is continually giving off gas from the yeast that's producing inside of it. So the thing would swell. And if it didn't have some swellability to it, it would eventually burst. And whatever was in it, is gone, ruined. But what they would do with those wineskins, Pastor Faye, is they would take them and they continue to take oil and rub it in, that old leather. I ain't getting no help up in here. they take that old, hard leather, the weathered leather that might have had some cracks starting to come in it, didn't have any pliability to it, but they take oil and they'd start rubbing it in. And where that, that leather was rigid and unflexible, it all of a sudden became soft and pliable. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if you want this new wine from heaven, you're gonna have to open your chest up to God and you're gonna have to say, God, I need you to come in before I can get the new wine. I need you to come in and rub fresh oil. I need you to make my heart pliable. I need you to get out that hard stuff. I need you to get out that stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. Get me ready. Prepare me and then fill me. Jay, come on up here. 
The Lord laid something on Jay's heart. I know we completely off schedule, whatever agenda. Hold on, because the Holy Ghost knows what he's doing. But Jay shared with me something the Lord was dealing with his heart along these same lines. So Jay, So this is something he shared with me years ago. But, you know, we acknowledge that we need things. We need things in life. And, and, and you know, it's not opinion that we need water. You know, that's, that's very simple. You know, it's obvious that we need water. Without it, you get that you get dehydrated. You go through signs, you go through symptoms that that you wouldn't go through if you had it. All right, but when you want the water, when you want that, your body doesn't have to remind you that you need it. You don't go through those signs and the symptoms of a lack of it. You don't go through those. Your body doesn't have to remind you through dehydration signs. And it's the same way with with the relationship with the Lord. We have got we've gotten to the point where we acknowledge that that we need Jesus. We don't make it from here to there. We don't make it to heaven without needing Jesus. We can't make it to tomorrow without needing Jesus. But he doesn't have to get our attention when we want him. The more we want him, the less he has to get our attention to remind us that we need him. So he is our first love. We, we sing about that, the thirst, that, that uh, you know, a relationship with Jesus. We, we, when we want him, when you want him, you know, not just in not just in church on Sundays when it's easy, but when you want them on Monday morning when you show up to a job that you don't appreciate or, or you feel unappreciated. When you show up to a job or you go through your day-to-day, you still want him. When you want him, things fall into place. God's saying this today, when you want him, things change in your favor because he won't allow you to show up with the responsibility without the tools to fix it. Want him more and things change. You need him. You know that you acknowledge that, but the more you want him, the less he has to get your attention to remind you that you need him. Come on, tell him. Tell him you want him today. I want to go past needing. I want to walk in a love for God that I want him. Hallelujah. No one else will do. Jesus, only you. My wife over there, I love her beyond words. I love her beyond life itself but she won't do. Oh, come on, I lost about half of y'all on that right there. Because see, some of y'all got married expecting that person's gonna complete you. But if you read the Bible, the Bible tells us in the book of Colossians that in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. So if you're expecting your spouse, if you're expecting your boyfriend or girlfriend to complete you, you have already put them in the ranks of impossibility and failure. I'm gonna tell you right now, church, only Jesus will do. Money won't do it. Success won't do it. Stuff won't do it. A bigger house won't do it. The pay raise won't do it. The job promotion won't do it. I'm gonna tell you what, only Jesus. Somebody just tell him that. Jesus, no one else will do. Come on, sing that with a renewed passion.
rain of my presence is flooding the earth. And it will seem like an inconvenience to some. But for those who are hungry and for those who are thirsty, they will press past the inconvenience. In fact, they will welcome the inconvenience to have something to sacrifice because my glory will then fall on the sacrifice and great will be the fire in that house. Great will be the fire in that house. So we just say, let the rain fall. And then he said, and then I sense Holy Spirit say, it's a gentle rain that's falling this morning, but it's falling all over the world. It's falling on college campuses. It's falling in foreign countries. And that gentle rain is creating a swell and a flood is coming. A torrent of my power and my presence is coming. So get ready. Get hungry. Be expectant. Say, yes, Lord, do your thing. Do it here. Do it now. Are you ready for that? Come on, give me praise. Say, yes, I'm ready. Good morning. It's good to see y'all today. We're so excited to see all our faith family here this morning. How many of you have enjoyed the women's conference so far? Yes. God has shown up. We want to welcome you. We want to welcome our online congregation. So let's give them a big hand for joining us this morning. Yes. If you are a first time attender, if this is your first time at Northview, if you'll look on the back of your bulletin, there's a form that says first time here. It's perforated, so you just tear it off. If you will fill that out, and at the end of service, you go out these doors, you go to the right, there's a welcome center. If you will take that to the welcome center, we have a gift for you. So please do that. We want to bless you with a gift. We want to bless you with some information about the ministry. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to have you be a part here. We're really glad to have you. A couple of announcements. Uh, we have corporate prayer tonight at 6. We have been having an amazing, amazing time in prayer. So if you can join us, come. It's good. You don't want to miss out. So please do that. Um, this Saturday, we will have our next silent siege. If you don't know what that is, we go and we pray by an abortion clinic. We don't talk. We tape our mouths and it says life. We are under the, um, the uh, banner of Bound for Life. If you've ever heard of them, you can look it up. But we go in, it's a prayer meeting. We just go there and pray. And we pray very quietly. Nobody can hear us. We have our mouths taped. And we just pray. And we have seen God do amazing, amazing things. You know, it is reported that when people pray outside of an abortion clinic, abortions go down 75% that day. Isn't that amazing? 
Isn't that amazing? So prayer works, y'all. You don't have to say anything. Prayer is powerful in itself. Amen? So if you want to join us, we meet at the old church, the youth church, at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning, and we go together. We get home by 12. So if you want to join us, you can talk to me and get involved with that. And next Sunday, we have our men's breakfast. So you come in on those Sunday mornings and you smell sausage and bacon and eggs, and they have a great time. They have a devotion, and they have a great breakfast. So, men, we want you to be a part of that, okay? We want you to do that. All right, um, we, it is time to give. I'm going to try that one more time. It's time to give. Yes, that's better. You know, we're excited to give because we know that God honors our giving. Amen? When we honor him, he honors our giving. So if you need a tithing envelope this morning, our ushers are coming forward. If you raise your hand, they will give you one. I see hands up, gentlemen. Um, There are ways to give on the screen. We appreciate those of you that give online. I know a lot of you do that. It's a lot more convenient. Thank you so much for giving. We couldn't do what we do here at Northview, without you, um, we're excited about all the things and all the ways that God is blessing through this ministry, ways that we may never even know until we get to heaven one day, but we are thankful for those opportunities. So if um, I'm going to have the ushers come now, and if you will stand, please, and you want to give in house, stand up and prepare to give. Our praise band's going to play this morning. When they get started, you can come too.
ministers, y'all can bring it in on me. I'm going to pray over the offering. Children's church can be dismissed. I know y'all happy for me to tell y'all that, right? I think they are the jet, some of them. <clears throat> Anthony, they liked you today. Your basket is full. Maybe we need to let Anthony pray over the offering today. I'm just praying, playing, praying. I'm just praying and playing. <clears throat> there is an abundance in this house. There is an abundance in this house. One more time. There is an abundance in this house. In the name of Jesus and according to God's holy word. So, Father God, we release that proclamation, that declaration, and that confession over this ministry. And that just not is this building. It's not the church general checking account. This ministry is the people that make up this ministry. So, Father, we thank you today for people, for their obedience, their submission to operate and live in the law of sowing and reaping. We thank you for those who are obedient to the law of the tithe, for the tithe is still the Lord's. So, God, we ask you to bless this offering, bless this tithe, return it to the givers, press down, shaken together, and running over, let men give into their pockets. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Y'all give our ushers a big hand today and show them some love. So I mentioned that we are ending our women's conference today. How many of you think the decorations are just beautiful in the foyer? Yes. <clears throat> We want to thank Aaron and Krista and Wanda and Jim. Y'all raise your hands. Thank y'all for, for doing that. They worked so hard. I think Jim worked at hard, as hard as anybody did out there hanging up all those lights. So we're going to leave them for a while, Jim, just for you. <laughs> I want to at this time recognize our WM board, and I'm going to ask them to come up. I just want to recognize, come up. <laughs> Tracy, come up. <laughs> Nikki, Felisa, y'all come on up. This is our WM board. Let's give them a big hand. Yes. And if you're on the WM council, I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are. So everyone that's on the council, stand up. Let's give them a big hand, too. We appreciate all that our WM board and our council does. We could not have had a conference this weekend if they hadn't been working hard to plan all of this. Amen. So thank you for your vision and your oversight, all our council members. We met several months ago and planned all this, and we thank God for honoring us and showing up this weekend. Amen. All right. Thank you, ladies. All right, now it is my pleasure to um, announce our speaker this morning. Y'all give Reverend Beth Stevens Johnson a hand as she comes. Yes. She is a mighty woman of God, and we are so blessed that she is just part of the family here. If, believe it or not, this is the first weekend I've really gotten to know her. We've passed each other a lot of times, but I'm just thankful for that this, this week. And thank you for blessing us and for all the sacrifices and for 
just being obedient to God. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, right? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for your welcome, and uh, thank you for allowing me to be back, and I sure appreciate Pastor Kim, and I appreciate Pastor Tim. I appreciate, uh, really, I could go down the list, couldn't I? Miss Tracy, and uh, she's been so thorough taking care of me, calling and uh, texting and all kinds of things, making sure all the needs are met. And it's just been amazing, really. Um, it always is, though, coming to Northview. It's always a blessing, and I just can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be back of all the places. I, go, I get to go a lot of different places. I'm thankful for that. Uh, but this is one of my very favorites to come to. I appreciate so much. Um, pastors Belize, both of them, and I'm so thankful to see both of them over there. Thank the Lord. It's like, it is, it's like family. It's like, I don't know, there's something about it. I got to spend a little bit of time um, with um, Sister Belize last night, and um, I probably talked her ear off. I was just so thankful to see her and so thankful to get some time with her and, and just, uh, just to sit under her, uh, really her friendship, her love, and, uh, and, and her wisdom, really. And I just thank the Lord for that. We appreciate them. I just can't even say enough about it. But looking at what the Lord is doing here at Northview, it's exciting because uh, to see the Lord uh, make a transition like this and to see the Spirit of the Lord still moving in such a strong and a mighty way, I just want you to know it's the Lord. Amen. It is the Lord, the way that he has done this all. And I just give honor also, I've said it already, but let me say it again. I give honor to Pastor Tim and, and Pastor Kim. And I just thank the Lord for y'all. Wow. I thought again this morning when all that was going on, just walking in the door, when I, I walked in this door and y'all were already getting started, and I thought, wow, just to walk in here and to experience that expectation. Uh, so, so much liberty to preach, so much liberty to minister, and, and I just can't take that lightly, and I know you don't either. And I just thank the Lord for that. I do. I, um, I want to uh, say real quickly that um, all of you, well, let's see right quick. I want to I say real quickly, I've got my iPad, and I'm up here in front of everybody, and all of a sudden the, the code goes straight out of my brain. <laughs> it happens sometimes. I want to tell you, all of you men and all of you young people, be careful. Uh, because your mothers are, um, and your wives and, uh, and your girlfriends, whoever they are, um, uh, they are hearing from the Lord. They have ears to hear. Amen. Uh, they have ears to hear. You can't sneak anything over on them. And also, uh, they are taking it to the Lord and say they're taking it to Jesus whenever any issues arise. And so I can tell you, you may be worried about your mama getting on you, but there's nothing like her giving you over to Jesus. Amen. And, uh, so that's what we preached about on Friday night was take it to Jesus. And yesterday morning, um, hearing the voice of the Lord, and I'm so thankful today that he does allow us to hear his voice, amen, and respond to his voice. I want you, if you would, to open your Bibles to Psalms 23. Psalms 23. And I want us to, I'm going to go through that entire chapter. I want to read the entire chapter of Psalms 23, uh, but I'm going to focus on one scripture in particular that's on my heart. 
You know, you sit there, I can't tell you, Pastor Tim, how many times I've, well, three services I've been in, and I think every service I have thought, should I change my message? Should I, the way the Lord moves? And I thought, Lord, what are you doing this morning? Just help me to hear your voice and, uh, and to know the direction to go in. Uh, but I want to stay here with Psalms 23 today. And um, I'll stay in verse 6, but let's read them all. Um, if you would, let's stand for the reading of the word tonight, today, this morning. Psalms 23, looking at verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's just lift our hands if you're comfortable doing so. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I do thank you for what you've already done here today. I thank you for the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I thank you for that fresh oil, Lord, that we have experienced here this morning. And Lord, I thank you that, there, that you are even dealing with hearts and lives right now. Those that maybe have, have moved away from that first love and they acknowledge and recognize it, Lord. But Lord, they are hungry for you. I thank you, Lord, that you will fill those that hunger and thirst after you. I ask you, Lord, to minister to every man and woman that's here today. Pour out your spirit, Lord, in a supernatural way. I pray that you would help me this morning to deliver the word just like you want me to. Lord, help me to be obedient to your voice and your voice only. And Lord, I thank you for every person that's here that's receiving this word and that much fruit would come forth in their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody shouted out, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated today. I want to, uh, I noticed when I was reading it, it's almost impossible to hear this psalm and not read it along with, not say it, not quote it along with the person who's saying it. I don't guess I hardly ever hear anybody speaking this psalm, reading it, uh, that it doesn't just resonate in my spirit. Most all of us know this psalm. Many of you know it by heart. Uh, many of you have heard it. You may even have pictures in your home with the psalms on it. Uh, it is so powerful. And it is such a comforting psalm, uh, such a blessing, so much of it that you can read and, and you can see it, how it applies to your life. And really all of it, when you break it down, if you've never read the book by Philip Keller, it's an old, old book, and it says a shepherd looks at Psalms 23, you should read it. It's amazing, amazing. Um, but I want to uh, take a few moments and talk about the Psalms, just a few minutes, but I want to stick, as I said a moment ago, in verse Verse six, but I love it because I began to read, and I think I got this from Philip Keller's book. Uh, you'll notice the beginning: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." And I think it was him, and he made reference to at this point, it's like a sheep talking to the sheep across the fence, uh, describing. He said, "The Lord is my shepherd." He's telling someone else, "I shall not want." He makes me to lie down in green pastures.
pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. And then verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And it goes from talking to another sheep, another person, but now he begins to speak to the Lord. He says, again, let me say it, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Isn't that powerful right there? For thou art with me. He goes on there and he says, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. He goes on right there and he says something else. He's talking to him. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's speaking to him. He's talking straight to the Lord. It goes from just praising him to somebody, thanking the Lord and telling somebody testimonial what he's done to talking straight to him and say, look what you've done in my life. I recognize it. I acknowledge it. I see what you've done. I know how you've moved. I know that what I've, what I've gone through, the way that you've brought me through, I know it's only you. And it's just what we were singing a little bit earlier. I need you, Lord, I need you. I, I'm thankful for everybody else, but there's nobody like you in my life. And that's what we see in the 23rd Psalm. I love how it just turns to worshiping him. And when I begin to think, though, for just a few moments about the writer of this Psalm, I think about David. And I am encouraged because anytime I think about David, I'm reminded of the magnificent things he's done in his life. I'm reminded about, uh, and you you know it, how he killed the lion, how he killed the bear. I'm amazed by it. I'm reminded about uh, the way that he took Goliath down and he cut his head off. I love that. I preached that just not too long ago and I just, man, there's just so much in that story. I love that about David. I really do. I love how that um, the prophet shows up at his house, his daddy's house and his daddy, he said, I want to anoint one of your sons. Bring your, bring your sons to me. And the daddy brings every son in front in front of that prophet Jesse brings every son in and the prophet's like no no do you not have another one he said well I got David but you know he's just a little shepherd he's just on the side of the hill over there taking care of the sheep and you know I'm not really sure he said yeah get him on in here and he brings him in and the prophet said he's the one and he anoints him with oil and anoints him as king over Israel it's just amazing I love to see that about David all these amazing things I could go on and on how he brought back the ark and how he danced before the ark danced so much that even his wife was just disgusted because he was so radical I just love that amen I do I think it's amazing and he doesn't even let it phase him he's like whatever whatever I'm going to keep on dancing amen and so I read that about him and, and it just does something for me it probably does you as well I think it's one of the reasons that we love the psalm so much uh, but I also am so thankful that the Bible does not hide his flaws I'm so grateful for that it just is so encouraging to me that I see his flaws and they're not 
Don't get me wrong, I hate it. I wish it hadn't happened. But the fact that it did and we get to see it is so encouraging to me because I see what happened to David and I see the horrible failure in his life, failures in his life, that it wasn't just one. I see a man that committed adultery and I see a man, it goes much further than all of this, but I see a man that really committed murder. I see a man that even at a time was disobedient to the Lord and he was he was anointed to be king. He was, he was anointed king. He was a king. I mean, amazing the way the Lord spared his life when Saul tried to kill him. Uh, and, and But still, I see him make these horrific mistakes and the Bible doesn't hide it. But the Bible also tells me, hallelujah, how the Lord, as he repented and the Lord brought him back in, how Nathan went to him and said, David, there's an issue. There's an issue. And David didn't shove Nathan away from him and say, I don't want to hear that. But oh, he embraced him. And he, he began to weep and cry and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Oh, I'm so thankful when I read that about David because I can look at my life and you probably can look at your life and see how many times that you've made horrific mistakes and you think, my life is over. It's, it's finished for me. There is no way. But my goodness, David shows us that when we turn back to the Lord, hallelujah, that when we turn back to him, that when we call back on his name, that the Lord will move in our lives and he'll save and deliver and set free and make whole. Hallelujah. It's encouraging to me when I read about David and I see his life good, the bad, the ugly. It's encouraging. I'll admit it. One day I might get to tell him, amen. I'm sorry for what you did. I wish you hadn't. But the fact that I get to read about it and see your see the way the Lord restored you. Wow, praise the Lord. Maybe you're here tonight, this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Beth, I've just not, I've not come back to him yet. I didn't really plan on saying it, but let me say this right here. I don't know who you are in this place today, but evidently there's somebody that you're here and you go, Beth, I didn't know he would take me back like that. I didn't know that he would cleanse me. I didn't know that even the secret sins in my life, that if I just surrendered to him, that he would even take away that guilt and that shame and restore me and make me whole. Be encouraged today. Oh, yes, he will. Amen. Oh, yes, he will. I'm reminded, let me go back to Friday night for a second. I'm reminded on Friday night that that's what we talked about, that the disciples looked at the, the multitudes of people that were listening to Jesus preach his sermon, his teaching, and they, they didn't have anything to eat, and the disciples said, send them away. Send them away so they can go into the town and find them something to eat. And Jesus looks around and just to cut to the chase, they kept wanting to send them away, and he said, just bring them to me. Amen. I'll meet their need. Bring them to me. I'll satisfy them. I would encourage you here in this place today. You say, you don't know my past. You don't know what's going on. But I can tell you what the Lord is saying here today. He said, come on to me. Amen. I'll meet that need. Come on to me this morning. I'll change your heart. Come on to me this morning. I'll restore and I'll make whole. Hallelujah. That's the Lord. Woo. Hallelujah. Well, let me keep on going today. I want to stay, as I said a moment ago, in verse 6. And I want us to see some things that are very specific here and very encouraging. 
I love the first word there, and the first word is surely. And I know when you're looking at verse 6, you're probably like me. Uh, that's the last word we even think about, but I don't want us to be that way this morning. And there's a reason. That word surely there has a, has a meaning that is powerful, and it means without a doubt. Amen. Without a doubt, it's also, you could say, an exclamation of confidence. So that word surely uh, is so powerful, and it's really what anchors to me, at least in my opinion, it's what anchors that verse. It gives it so much power there because surely uh, that David is speaking and he's declaring it out. He said, surely goodness and mercy. In other words, you can believe me. You can take it to the bank. This is yes and amen. This will happen in your life. You don't have to question. You don't have to cross your fingers. You don't have to have a lucky rabbit's foot and rub the rabbit. No, no. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I look at Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Amen. So we know that that word surely there is talking about a confidence. But can I tell you today, it's not a self-confidence. It's not a confidence in how good I am. It's not a confidence in what I can accomplish, but it is a confidence in Jesus Christ. Amen. It is a confidence in our Lord. I know today in the time that we're living in, a lot of people want to promote self-confidence, have self-confidence. Oh, you can do it. You can do it. And I know that's good to a degree. But then there comes a point that we get dependent not on anybody else, but we feel like we're good enough. We're strong enough. But David said, look, your confidence cannot be anywhere else. He said, I killed the lion and I killed the bear and I killed Goliath. But here's something you can know. My confidence is still not in me. I know who did that. I know what happened in my life. Amen. And so today I encourage you, yes, have confidence, but have it in the right person. Amen. Have it in the Lord today. I want to give you another scripture. And it says in 1 John 5 and 14, one of my favorites, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. You can have confidence in the Lord. I'm reminded about Jesus and how in the New Testament you'll see sometimes Jesus will say, surely, surely, verily, verily, I say unto you. Verily, verily, in the King James, what that means is surely, surely. And what does that mean? Now we see confidence. You can have confidence that what I'm about to say, it's absolutely the truth. And Jesus just doesn't just say it one time, but he says it twice. And anytime you see that repeated from the mouth of the Lord especially, He's saying, you'd better hear me and you'd better believe it because it is absolutely the truth. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. He said, trust in me, surely, surely, amen. And that's what David says right here. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Let's go to the word goodness. And the word goodness here is so powerful and it's so encouraging. And it means our provision, 
Goodness is speaking about our provision. Goodness meets our needs. That's what that word goodness means. It meets our needs in our life. Psalms 31 and verse 19 in the New Living Translation says it like this. It said, how great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. I love that. I had to give it to you in the NLT because it's so powerful. It just really describes it and spells it out because what it's saying here is this. For every person that has that reverent fear of the Lord, for every person who will trust in the Lord, that will rely on the Lord as their true source of strength and provision. He, The word tells me right here, it says he has an abundance for you and he's just waiting to give it to you. Amen. But not only that, I want you to notice here and it says in the end of verse 19 of Psalms 31 it says and he will bless you before the watching world hallelujah I just love that you say well does that sound a little prideful uh, no not at all it sounds like you are looking to the Lord and saying look what the Lord is doing in my life that's what that is about it's not about looking at Beth and saying look what she's got look what she's accomplished but it's the fact that you and I are able to point to heaven and say everything I have is because of him. Every need that's been met is because of him. Every day that I go in this life that my bills are paid it's because of him. Every time I'm able to drive through a drive through and have money to pay for that food it's because of him. Every time somebody brings me a dozen eggs at the church it's because of him. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Come on somebody's having to pay $10 a dozen. Amen. It's the truth, ain't it? I'm so grateful. But I want you to make a note of that. What does that mean? Again, what does that mean? It means that when the world around you is struggling and wondering and fretting and, and wringing their hands and how are we going to make it through this time and they look at you and you are blessed with provision in your life, it's going to give you the opportunity to say this is how it's done. This is how it happened. This is who is, this is, who is responsible for what is happening in my life. It's a perfect opportunity for you to say look to Jesus amen it's the perfect opportunity for you to say run to Jesus it's the perfect opportunity for you to say come to Jesus amen Woo! take it to the Lord oh so I love it today I don't love it that I can beat my chest and say look at me but I love it that they can look at me and they say what in the world and I go poop amen it's him it's him before the watching world I was just thinking about it. I've been working on a message and I've not preached it yet, but I've thought about it. I think I saw a sermon by David Wilkerson one time with this and it's talking about God's people will not be ashamed in the day of calamity. I love that. God's people will not be ashamed in the day of calamity. What does that mean? It means that when David is speaking this out, it doesn't just mean in your good times. It doesn't just mean when everything's going perfect and the economy's good and your job is good. It means that it doesn't matter if we're in the middle of a downturn in the economy that he, goodness and mercy, goodness will follow me all the days of my life. That's what it means. It means that provision is mine. It means that in the middle of, I'm not even 
to say the word. I'll just say 2020. Y'all know what I'm talking about. In the middle of 2020, when things were just in an upheaval, I saw how the Lord made such provision and blessed in such ways that I can't even explain how any of it happened except the Lord. I'll give you a great example. Give me just one second. I won't take long, I promise. But it's a great example. My brother-in-law, I love to tell it, but my brother-in-law was in a situation where his job, they told him, they said they just had to shut down his job, what he did. And, um, And right before, though, they shut it down. He didn't know. Of course, nobody knew what was happening. And he had gotten a job elsewhere, a great job elsewhere. And so he's in his late 50s, so you know how it is. Jobs aren't easy to come by. At least at that time, they weren't easy to come by, especially good-paying jobs with insurance and benefits and all of that. And so he he made a decision. He said, man, I've got this new job. They've already told me I'm going to have this job. And so he put in his resignation at his current job. And then about just a very short time, I mean within maybe the next day or two, they called him, they said, we're having to shut down the plant. I know you're working your notice, uh, but we're having to shut down and, and um, uh, you know, okay, sarah, sarah kind of thing. And so he was like, oh my goodness. Well, he called the next place, the other, the other a job that he had, and they said, we're on a freeze now. With everything happening like it is, we're on a freeze. There's nothing we can do. I don't know when you'll ever be hired. I don't know what's going to happen. And so he was like, oh my goodness. I I don't have a job, period. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, now we've got all this happening with, um, it, it, with this um, plague. We got all this going on with the plague and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, you remember everything was in an upheaval and he thought, what in the world? What in the world? How am I going to make this happen? Well, we've just begun to pray about it and believe God for it and it wasn't long that his company that he resigned from called him and said, look, we're bringing people back. Would you like to come back? He said, uh, well, you know, uh, I think I would. They said, it's just going to be for a few hours, but and we don't know how long. I know you turned in your resignation, but we'd like to ask you to come back. We're not asking everybody, but a few people, and he's a great worker, and they said, if you'll just come back. He said, well, I'll do it, uh, just part-time. Meanwhile, his uncle called him, and his uncle's in construction, and he said, listen, I'm having to have a procedure. I'm going to be out for about, uh, uh, probably about two or three months. Would you be willing to take over my job? because he's a, a guy, he knows all about construction. He said, would you be willing to take over my company for just a few months? Amen. He said, oh my goodness. He said, yes, I will. I'll be happy to do that. And then before I knew it, and he knew it, uh, the other place called back. <laughs> Amen. And the other place said, I think things are going to go rolling along. I think we're going to be able to start hiring again. I don't know exactly when, but it should be. So just hold on. I thought, my goodness, he went from having one job, let it go, another job, uh, they quit hiring and, and losing everything. Now he's got three jobs. I said, oh my goodness. And it was right in the middle of a downturn. It was right in the middle of difficulty. It was right in the middle of everybody uh, wringing their hands and looking and going, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You say, why are you so excited about it? I'm excited because goodness will follow you all the days of your life if you live in obedience to the Lord and surrender to him, amen. So I'm just going to stop there for a minute and say, so why wouldn't you want to serve the Lord? (laughs) Why wouldn't you want to give your heart to him? Why wouldn't you want to be under the umbrella of grace? Hallelujah.
morning, I pray this morning, you'll make up your mind to say yes to Jesus. Amen. Woo. Well, praise the Lord. Let me keep on going. I want to show you something else that's so powerful here. Well, let, don't let me forget this scripture, Psalms 107, verse 8. I love this, and I believe it's time every one of us obeyed it. It has said, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Oh, that men and women would praise the Lord for his goodness. You say, I don't even feel like praising the Lord. Just praise him for his goodness. Amen. I feel rough this morning. Just praise him for his goodness. Look around you at how he's provided. Look around you at that provision in your life, your family, the fact that you had something to eat this morning and you got clothes on your body and you got a car out there with some gas in it and four tires on it. Amen. Just praise him for his goodness. Amen. Oh, let me keep going today. Praise the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy. Let me stay with mercy for just a minute today. Mercy. What is it? It forgives our faults. Amen. What does mercy do? It's our assurance from Christ that we are forgiven and cleansed and washed. Mercy. Do you know that it is mentioned 319 times in the Bible? And of those 319 times that it's mentioned, 99 times it's in the book of Psalms. So it must be important to the Lord. Our mercy wouldn't have been mentioned over and over and over. Let me give you a few scriptures about mercy just to encourage you. Psalms 86 and verse 15, it says, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and here it is, and plenteous in mercy and in truth. Again, Psalms 100 says for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations again in Psalms it says oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and what and his mercy endureth forever hallelujah Psalms again in the book of Psalms it says blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead hallelujah but I want you to know it's not just in the Old Testament but you can also read from the book of Acts in chapter 10 and you will see it was because of mercy hallelujah because of mercy that God came down from heaven to meet with a repentant sinner like you and me, amen, and grant him forgiveness and to give him peace. What is that? It's mercy today. You say, Beth, bring it down, right down to my level. I'll do it. Mercy is kind of like I might would describe it or define it as God's, God's kindness or God's pity toward us. Mercy. Maybe we could say it like this is that I should be in hell today. But the fact that I'm not is God's mercy. Amen. With the mess I've made in my life and the times that I've failed so miserably, I, I'm telling you, the Lord should just push me away. But because of his mercy, he brings me in and he embraces me and he forgives me and he cleanses me. Amen. Mercy is the reason God keeps on loving us. So the fact that we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. My goodness, that I'd encourage every one of us to praise him and glorify him and be in the house of the Lord every time the church is open, especially at six o'clock at prayer tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Amen. It's the truth today. The fact that we're not condemned to hell 
is the mercy of the Lord. Let me give you Lamentation chapter 3 and verse 22 and 23, one of my favorites. It said, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you give me mercy instead of justice today. Thank you, Lord, that you pardon and you forgive. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy today. But I want to take a minute and I want to show you something. Goodness and mercy. Let me just talk about the difference so you'll get it in your mind. Goodness, it takes care of the temporal things in our life, but mercy cares for the spiritual. Amen. Goodness is the bounty of God. Hallelujah. And mercy is the love of God. I love this one. Goodness leads to repentance, but mercy leads to regeneration. This is one of my favorites as, as well. Uh, goodness is what caused the prodigal son to come back home. You know, he didn't have anything. He was eating with the pigs, and, and, and it was just terrible where he was at. Goodness, he said, I believe if I could just be a servant in my daddy's house, at least I'll have something to eat, even if it's just what's left for the servants. So that's goodness, but it's mercy that ran down off of that front porch and met his son. Amen. That's mercy that said, bring him in. Kill the fatted calf. Put a ring on his finger. Put shoes on his feet. Put a robe around him. That's mercy today. Did he deserve it? Absolutely not. He did not deserve it. But that's the mercy of the Lord. And that's the same mercy that's come running to you and me today. Amen. Goodness and mercy. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said it like this. I love this. He said, goodness and mercy are like two heavenly messengers. Amen. Goodness and mercy. They're like the word calls them our rear guards. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. But make a note of this if you would. It doesn't just say goodness or mercy. Amen. I've never done much computer training. Just only what I had to do in the dark ages. And um, I remember, though, that when I was um, programming, taking a real simple programming class, and an or makes all the difference. <laughs> Amen. And, or the word or, I mean, it's, it can really turn the whole thing around. And I want you to make a note. It doesn't say surely goodness or mercy. You don't have to choose. You say, well, I think I need goodness. I think I need provision. Or, well, I, I guess I really just need mercy. And if the Lord saves me and sets me free, I know I'm probably going to live the rest of my life in poverty, but you know at least I'll go to heaven. <laughs> you know that's exactly what my husband thought I think it's the funniest story my husband thought he said he, he was raised in a pastor's home and, and uh, you know they had they were they really they pastored churches that were called mission churches out in Nebraska and different places. And I'm telling you, it was rough going out there for a lot of years. And so he got saved when he gave his heart to the Lord. He wasn't in church anywhere. He was in a field out in his in, close to his house somewhere. And he told the Lord, "I'm just going to put it in my words. This is how I heard it, at least when he told me." He said, "I just told the Lord. I said, all right, I'm just going to I'm going to give you my life." I know it's going to be awful. <laughs> I know I'm not going to have anything. I know I'll be poor. I know I'll lose all my friends. I won't have any more fun. But I know I'm going to go to heaven and, and I praise the Lord. <laughs> 
And I'm telling you the truth, that's really, in essence, what he said. He said, it's going to be the worst thing ever, but here goes. I mean, I'm going to be broke. But I'll tell you, he said it didn't take him long to figure out serving the Lord was nothing like that. Amen. It didn't take him long to figure out that not only did mercy come into his life, but goodness, provision was also there. I want you to be encouraged today. Amen. That he will give us goodness and he will give us mercy. But let me go a little bit further because, man, it gets even better if it's possible. If it's possible, I think it does. It says, the next word says, shall follow me. Oh, my goodness. What does that mean? It says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. They're behind me. They're the rear guards. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. But what does it mean? Does it mean I have to turn around and go, come on, y'all, come on. I need you in my life. Please, won't you come on? I, I wish you'd come on in my life. No. No, it doesn't say you have to beg for it. It doesn't say you have to coerce it. It doesn't say you have to go, oh, God, please send it on my way. No, I'm telling you, it says goodness and mercy will follow you. But if you, oh, can it get better? It does. But not only does it say will follow you, if you go back and you look at the original, it means it will pursue you. Oh my goodness, I love that so much because what does it mean? It means I'm just walking along and I'm, I'm hearing something running behind me. I turn around and, and goodness and mercy say, we're pursuing you. We're coming after you, amen. Everywhere you go, here we are. We're pursuing you. We're coming right where you are. Oh my goodness, you say, I've been in the hospital, a caregiver for my family. I want you to know goodness and mercy's right there with you. You say, I've been in a difficult spot in my college class. Goodness and mercy is right there with you. You don't have to go, come on, come on. Won't you please come on? You don't have to coerce. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to try to control the situation. All you have to do is to live for the Lord, surrender your life to him. Why wouldn't you want to be a believer? Why wouldn't you want to be a Christian? I want you to think about it now. Goodness and mercy pursuing you all the days of my life. A lot of times we think about us doing the pursuing. When I graduate, I'm going to pursue a degree in law. Or maybe we say, next year I'm going to pursue purchasing a home. This has nothing to do with you pursuing. We just we pursue God, amen. We run after the Lord. But I can tell you as you are hungry for the things of the Lord and desiring the things of the Lord, goodness and mercy are right over your shoulder. You should get used to looking over that shoulder. Oh, goodness. Oh, mercy. I'll tell you something today. I think about it so many times. One of the best days of my life, other than being saved, I, one of the best days of my life, when I'm sit at a, standing at an altar with Kurt and we're about to get married. I mean, what a day. But I want you to know right there at that altar, I'm like, oh, goodness, thank you. I see you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> But I can also tell you that one of the worst days of my life when I stood at a casket of my niece that many of you know about, I've told you about it. I can tell you even in that day that was so horribly sad and I mean my heart was breaking. I went, there you are. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I didn't have to call on you today. I'm glad I didn't have to pay you X amount of money to get you here today. But goodness and mercy pursued me all the days of my life. Every time a niece or a nephew was born, I look up and say, oh, goodness and mercy, here you are. Hallelujah. I'm telling you every time, good or bad, happy or sad, in the sunny days, in the rainy days, 
the winter, goodness and mercy has followed me in my young years. As I'm getting older, goodness and mercy has followed me, has pursued me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Woo. You'll help me close. Hallelujah. I encourage you, some of you right here in this place, begin to look over your shoulder and say, oh, Lord, I see the Lord. I see the Lord. I see what he's doing. I think about it so many times. Goodness and mercy. I want to encourage you. Whoever you are, you're riding the fence. You're kind of in between. You haven't fully surrendered. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Woo! Hallelujah. I want to give you a a thought, if you would. I think about what happens as the sheep, and that's who we are. We're the sheep. His goodness and mercy has been so faithful. The Lord has been so faithful to follow us. Today, are we faithful to hunger and to thirst and to long and to seek after Him? That's what this whole conference really has been about. Returning to your first love. That fresh fire. Pastor's already said it. That fresh fire. What will happen in our lives as we are that people, those people that says, I'm hungry for what God has. I'm telling you, the rest of Psalms 23 is still true as it can be. But I'm telling you, if you just took one verse out of there, you will be able to say, goodness, and mercy have followed me all the days of my life. This thought keeps coming to my mind. I want to share it with you, and I'm going to get ready to close right here. I think about it before the watching world, how that he will bless us with provision before the watching world. I love that, (laughs) don't you? It just gives you such a perfect opportunity to show people Jesus. But I remember reading a story, and this is not a real easy thing to say in the pulpit, because, it, you know, it's kind of like, eh, but I'm going to tell it because I think I, I'll try to skirt the words just enough and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I didn't know this, but a shepherd can take a field that is lifeless, like that has no, it has no um, nutrients in the soil. And they can take their flock of sheep, is that what you call them, a flock, a herd flock, I think, and they would take their flock of sheep, and they can go into that pasture that has no nutrients, I mean, it's, it's bad, it looks bad, no life in it, you can't grow anything, it's not even worth anything, you can't even hardly sell it, but you can take your sheep in, and you can feed those sheep some good food, and what the sheep leave behind it's the best way I can say it. <laughs> we'll begin to put nutrients in that soil. And the pasture that was worth nothing before, once the sheep go into it, with goodness and mercy following them, amen. When the sheep go into that, then before you know it, Within a fairly short amount of time, you can pull those sheep out of that pasture and you can sell it for quite a bit of money because now it's got nutrients in the soil. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you something today. You and I are the sheep of his pasture. And when we begin to eat of the word of God, when we begin to take in of the spirit of the Lord, when we begin to walk in that fresh oil of the Holy Ghost, and the Lord said, I'm going to take you to a pasture that maybe nobody else wants to go in, Pastor Faye. Amen. I'm going to take you into a pasture that maybe gets a little bit dangerous out there, but I'm going to get you in there because right now it's worth nothing. But I need some of my sheep to go in there. Amen. And he'll bring you and I into a pasture that's worth nothing. And after we seek after him and hunger after him, he said, I'm going to move you somewhere else. But by then we see people saying, I want that pasture. I want that land. I want what those sheep had. I want what's in their lives. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe that's what God is wanting to do in our lives. That everywhere we go, oh, how do you say it? Everywhere we go, we leave nutrients behind. Everywhere we go, we leave blessings behind. Everybody we talk to, we leave the blessings of the Lord in their lives. I'll tell you today, you say, how does it happen? Let's stand if you would. It's, it happens. As you pursue the Lord, you're hungry after the things of God. Your heart is toward Him. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Lord. God wants to move in your life today. Would you just bow your heads for just a moment? Praise the Lord. I didn't quite know how to fit that in about those sheep. But it's so powerful to me. It's so encouraging. So encouraging what the Lord wants us to do in us. What He's doing in us. Or what He wants us to do. That we're just not walking around with goodness and mercy and saying, look at me, look at me. We can constantly point to heaven. And say, look at Him. Look at Him. No one's looking for just a moment. I want to ask you right now. You've already been confronted with this this morning. Matter of fact, the Holy Ghost even spoke to us this morning about this. Is there somebody here today? Nobody's looking. This is just between you and the Lord and myself, but that's all. Is there somebody here today that you've been halfway in, halfway out? You want more, but maybe you're walking in shame and guilt and you've not fully surrendered to Him. Maybe today you say, Beth, I've tried to make myself feel a lot better. But I know deep down in my heart that things aren't right between me and the Lord. You have to look at me and say, Beth, I'm out, out from under the umbrella of grace. But today I want to come home. I can tell you mercy is ready to come running to you. If you'll take one step, I can promise you, he'll take two. If you wait, make one move, I can tell you, he'll meet you. Mercy is reaching out to you this morning. Mercy is reaching out to your hearts. No one's looking. I want to ask this question. If that's you today, if you've been running from the Lord, if you're only halfway committed because you're just not really sure how He's going to take you, you don't really know if He's going to embrace you or not, I'm telling you, the Lord's waiting on you. If that's you, would you slip your hand up as high as you can and you can put it right back down. I see your hands. Thank you. I see a lot of you. A lot of hands. I don't want anybody else. Just slip it up and you can put it right back down. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else right now? The Lord is speaking to your heart. The Lord is speaking to your heart. You say, Beth, I can't leave here like I've walked in the door. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I 
I've got to be changed. I've got to have something different. I've got to have a turnaround in my life. Is there anybody else right now? She say, Beth, man, I've been riding the fence. I've been riding the fence, and I'm just kind of doing my thing, but I've made it so far. But I'm telling you, the Lord is arresting you right now in your steps, and he's saying, it's time to make a decision. Is there anybody else? Anybody else right now, it's time to make a decision. You're half in, half out, but you've got to make a decision. Which way are you going to go? Won't you choose Jesus? Won't you say yes to goodness and mercy? Won't you say yes to him? One more time, would you just slip your hand up? Is there anybody else that hasn't raised their hand? She say, Beth, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm going to ask you right now, from the front to the back, if you raise your hand, or can I take it a little bit further than that? If you raise your hand, or if you didn't raise your hand, would you say, Beth, I need that reassurance that Psalms 23 verse 6 is real for me too. What my family and I are going through, I need that goodness. I need God to help me. I need God to make a way. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask you on the count of three to leave out of your seats. And I want us to come to this altar. Would you do it? One, two, three. Won't you come right now? Amen. Especially if you raised your hands. Come on, that's right. Come right now. Come on. You know who you are. You raised your hands. I won't point you out. I won't make you come. But the Lord is speaking to you right now. Come on, church. Just bow your heads. Let's pray. Let's believe God because the Lord is speaking to some people this morning. The Lord is speaking to some people. Is there anybody here right now? I see a couple that's come. Anybody else right now? Anybody else? The Lord is calling your name out. He's calling your name. Won't you come right now? Won't you say yes to him this morning, this moment, right now? That's right. Just come. I'm willing to take a few minutes. I don't think pastor minds. I'm willing. I'm willing this morning. Would you be willing just to make that move? You raise your hand. You know who you are. You know who you are. Won't you come today? Won't you say yes today? Won't you say yes? We had some young people. We also had some adults. Won't you come? I know today you say, Beth, I'm around my family. I'm around my friends. What are they going to think? I'm going to ask you. Don't worry about it. Won't you come? Won't you say yes today? That day Jesus made that track up that hill to put that cross in the ground and be hung on that cross. I'm going to tell you, he's thinking about you. He made that that long trek just for you. I encourage you, won't you take a step out of your seat and come to this altar and say, Lord, I need you. I recognize that I need you. I can't do it any other way. Any other way. Then I'm going to ask you right now. Amen. I'm going to ask you right now as they come. I'm going to ask every minister of the gospel that this pastor, Miss Kim, they know you. You've been approved. I'm going to ask you ministers. Would you come up behind these in this altar and we're going to begin to pray. Would you take time to do that right now? I would pray corporately, but I just feel like that we could pray over each one of them individually. Would you take a few moments? I want us to do that right now. Come on, I want us to do that right now. That's right. Come on. That's right. Church, will you lift your hands up to heaven? And as they get ready just to begin to sing and to set an atmosphere, I want us to reach our hands out to these men and women because I believe that God's doing a work in their lives. I believe God's doing a work in their families. Would you do that right now? Come on, let's pray. Thank you. Come on, let's pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, would you pray out loud? Would you pray like this is your son? Would you pray like this is your daughter? Would you pray like this is your brother, your sister? Come on right now. In the name of Jesus, that's right. In the name of Jesus, would you ask him? Would you surrender to him right now? Hallelujah.
Come on, church, that's right.
you, Lord. I'll tell you what, it's hard not to lay hands on every one of these young people. Isn't it exciting this morning? Would you just stretch your hands up just another moment? It was for this young girl that made the first move. It's hard to make the first move. I don't know who she is, but she made the first move and it broke down the walls. Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful today for the walls that were broken down that made it easier for you to walk down to an altar one day? Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for his mercy, for his love? Come on, let's sing that one more time. Would you do it today? Would you just let us pray just another two or three minutes? God's moving. Amen. God's moving. It's in this generation. Yeah. 
nothing like being in the cloudiest and darkest day of your life and to be able to say, goodness, mercy, here you are. And you followed me all this way. I'll tell you what a joy, what a privilege to get to pray for your young people. What a joy and a privilege to have altar ministers ministry to many of you that I, I didn't even get to, didn't even get to see. And I'll tell you what the Lord is doing among your young people. I'm excited. I'm excited. Amen. And I'm believing for victory. It's more important than me being excited though. I'm believing God for victory. I'm believing God to do a fresh work in every one of them. I'm believing God to fill every last one of them with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. That the gifts of the Spirit would operate in you. That God Use you as those sheep. Those sheep that go into those barren pasture lands. And the Lord would use you to bring nutrients to that ground. And people would say, I want to know your Lord. I want to know your Jesus. I want to know your Savior. I want to know why you've got goodness and mercy following you all your life. Amen. Mercy's following you. <laughs> Come on, I want you to look at your other neighbor and say, Goodness and mercy's following you. Goodness and mercy is pursuing you. It's running after you. It's chasing you down. Woo! I said, Goodness and mercy pursuing you. Goodness and mercy's chasing you down. Woo! It's running after you. It's running hard after you today. within me. Bless his holy name. Father, we thank you for what you've done in this gathering today. Jesus, you said when we'd come together, you would be in the midst of us. That's been our whole expectation. That's why we invite people to come here, Lord, not because we can have Nichols names, numbers, and all that stuff and just say, look how many we had. We're trying to get people to you, Jesus. We're just like those guys that got their paralytic fit friend and tore a hole in the roof and lowered him down. Their whole intention, they just wanted to get him to Jesus. So friend, if you're in here today and the Lord's been tugging on your heart, you know what, and you haven't stepped out of your seat, that's all right, because you know what? You can run, but you can't hide. Because the psalmist said in Psalm 139, where can I go from your presence? But you're here today. You are here today. 
not by accident. You're here because somebody wanted to help get you close to Jesus. Because you know what? We are firmly persuaded that what Miss Beth preached today, surely, without a doubt, goodness and mercy. They're assigned by him. Hallelujah. And uh, you know, in literature, when somebody takes an inanimate object in their writing and they make it become alive, that's what God did to goodness and mercy. He took something that wasn't alive, made it come alive. And it's right there on your heels like a bunch of little chihuahuas just chirping the whole time. They they want to let you know they're there. So if you're here today, we love you. You're here because somebody thought enough of you and loved you enough to say, come with me. It's not to come here Northview. It's not to come here praise team. It wasn't to come here uh, Miss Beth as awesome as she is and as awesome as the praise team is. We wanted to get you close to Jesus. Because you know what? You can hear good music and singing and good preaching all day long. But until you and Jesus have a personal, intimate encounter together, you're, gonna, you're always going to walk around and be changed. But you know what? I was an 18-year-old drinking, drugging, fighting, carousing, sneaky as a snake, mean as the devil. 18-year-old that went into a little brick church down on Lees Mill Road. It was called Northview Pentecostal Homeless yeah. Church. And some folk got me and took me to Jesus. Yes. My intention was to go to church and take a pretty blonde, uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed preacher's daughter out for pizza after church. But it was a tramp. <laughs> and that night, on July the 8th, 1984, some folks introduced me to Jesus. Changed my life in a second. He still does that. So if you're in here, you know what? And you came up to the altar today, awesome. He's working on you right now. If you came in here today and you haven't budged, you better not on the log. He's got you too. He loves you. He loves you too much to let you stay like you are. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm saying, here my Lord used me and here my God changed me. Anybody else? Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for goodness and mercy. All right. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I bless you today. Amen. You're dismissed.